The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Back with you once again. This is Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM with our producers Jordan Trudup and Dan Barilli. We thank you and the guys at the score. We break down tomorrow's kickoff between the Bears and Falcons from the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta. We got a lot on the docket here. We'll hear from the play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Falcons, Wes Durham. We'll hear from safety to Sean Gibson, a chunk of our feature interview and our Bears player profile to air on Bears Game Day Live Sunday morning at 10.30 on Fox. We'll touch on the passing of the great Gale Sayers at the age of 77. We'll talk about that and hear from some of the players and coaches involved in this week's game. Tom, how are you looking at this matchup? I think it's a game that the Bears should have the confidence to go in there and win along their development path. That's the unique thing about the Bears early in this season. They still have a ways to go to eventually be the team they have the capabilities of being. But I think confidently they should go down to Atlanta and really have the belief that they're the favorite team against the 0-2 Falcons. Health is wealth. That is the new catchphrase, I guess. Health is wealth because if you keep your health, you're going to earn your paycheck. You're going to help your football team. And right now, the Bears are knock on wood is about as healthy as any team in the league. You still have a limited label on Khalil Mack and his sore knee. And then you got the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones, Tack McKinley, Caleb McGarry, the right tackle, and Ricardo Allen, he is out. That's been the injury report all week for the Falcons. It's long. Yeah, it is. And I think that's going to be the norm maybe early in this season or throughout the whole process. But I look at each team, they have the luxury of having a bigger roster. When you talk about that 16-man practice squad, it's going to pay dividends throughout the season. And like you said, health is wealth. But I think the guys that are always thought, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get an opportunity to play in the NFL. I would just be prepared and waiting for that opportunity to come. And when it does, I'd make the most of it. Uh, John Jenkins is out. Going to be out at least three games with a thumb injury. They brought up uh, Daniel McCullers from the Pittsburgh practice squad. But he's got experience. Massive guy. Massive guy. Oh, in Size 18 shoes. Well, he's got a 6'7", 340-pound frame. He plays low. He uses good center of gravity no matter how tall he is. And now you're talking about you better can't dedicate – Two offensive linemen to him if the point of attack is going to be in that interior position. And we don't know if he'll be active or not with his debut and maiden voyage with the Bears, but uh, certainly an option. want to go to Bill Lazor, Tom, the offensive coordinator. Had good things to say about the developing improvement of the offensive line. And in particular, I think we both were very impressed with the physicality of James Daniels. You should keep getting better, right? I mean, this is the point where guys really – in their career start taking off. So, so uh, hopefully it's a, it's a good match with, with how he's being coached. And, you know, hopefully there's good continuity with the guys next to him. I'm, you know, the two guys on both sides of him. I think you put all those things together with a guy who really wants to be good. I mean, I think this is the time in his career where you'd like naturally to, to see him take off. So hopefully that's what we're seeing. And next to him, it's Charles Leno Jr. and Cody Whitehair with long consecutive game start streaks. Right, and I think they're really fortunate right now that they can keep James at one position. Yeah, he may be the emergency center if they ever did get into that need, but now James being able to develop at the left guard position, countless amount of reps with Charles Leno and the amount of reps that you can get with Cody Whitehair. 
it's as valuable as, as his role itself is how the offensive line works together. And we've seen some really considerable development from the end of last year to where they're at going into game three. For me, the biggest development is the nasty, the nasty. Last week, he was nasty. He was looking for somebody to hit, and he did so in a very aggressive manner. Juan Castillo finished. That's the whole finish. You know, they talk about being physical, but they talk about finishing, and that's what you're seeing out of James. All right, coming up next, we're going to visit with the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. West Durham coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible with the new Razor. You can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone, it's an accessory, it's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, back on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Welcoming in the longtime legendary voice down to the south of the Atlanta Falcons, my brother. Wes Durham, he's always been real kind to me, and, you know, that's that Southern hospitality that we'll miss this week because we won't see you, but we'll be thinking about you. How you doing? I'm great. It's good to be with you guys, and uh, and welcome to 2020 in the NFL where we do things virtually, but uh, we'll miss seeing you, and... Uh, Heck, I got to be honest. I missed the opener because of some testing issues and right. things like that. So, you know, uh, first game I'd missed, the uh, second game I'd missed in 17 years doing these games, but uh, came back in time to do my first virtual football game last Sunday. And man, that was that was hard to take, fellas. I'm not going to lie to you, but great to be with you. So, as it's to 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 be nice about it as I can, as it's unraveling before your eyes. I yeah. know the angst and the pressure. We want we want our teams to win, but is sure. it's just you can't you have no control of watching what's happening and your team's devolving. What's going through your head as you call the game? Because you know we compartmentalize things, but we're looking yeah. at it also from a fan's perspective. Absolutely, and you know it's funny because I had a conversation on Tuesday of this week with somebody who's kind of been with the organization as long as I've been doing the games, and they said, "Okay, in terms of the gut punches, is that top three?" And I said, "Well, everybody knows what number one is, so uh, yeah, it's not far behind." Because I really felt like, but you know, Jeff, you and Tom done the game so long together. When you do the games and you, you kind of know one another, you you can say early in the game. And Dave Archer, who's been with me, and Jeff, you've known Arch for years. Dave put it in great concepts early when Atlanta did not score touchdowns after those turnovers. And in the league, especially this league, you know you've got to be able to maximize stuff like that in short field. And the Falcons didn't get it done. So when they were kicking field goals, Art said on the air, I hope we don't come back to regret not getting touchdowns. And sure enough, when Dallas got the score late in the game and they put the other one on the board, we knew good and well it was going to come down to recovering the onside kick. And it is disappointing. It is discouraging because it's going to be hard given the schedule for this team. Now the challenge is you got to shake the mental thing and get ready to play Chicago. Then you got to go to Green Bay on a Monday night. Then you come back and play a Panthers team that's also looking for a stride in your first division game. And look, we're in this thing, and, and, and these teams are going through all this stuff. The fans are going through it. So it just it almost exclamates every game. And so, therefore, it's hard to start 0-2, but they got to get it. they got to find it quick because it's not going to be easy the rest of the way. Hey, Wes, what side of the ball has the opportunity to absorb the pressure? You know, Bears, they're still a developing offense competition at the quarterback position. They have higher expectations out of the Bears' defense. But when you look at Atlanta, we met Matt Ryan, MVP. You got Dan Quinn control with, and Raheem Morris with on the defense. But so what, what side can absorb the pressure, you know, that's needed in Atlanta? 
Well, I think the interesting thing is, Tom, had you told me that Julio Jones is going to be full go this week, I would tell you the offensive side. Uh, we're not sure where he is. Quite frankly, I'm not sure he'll play. That's just me personally. Uh, the injury list, the guys that were out of practice was 9-10 deep on, on Wednesday. So let's see kind of where this is by Sunday. I would say offensively, although they've struggled to run the ball again. Um, defensively, we were awfully encouraged by the way last season ended. And the way it finished, going 6-2 and two in the second half, the offense and the defense seemed to be really kicking in. And yet here, you know, you look at the two quarterbacks Atlanta's played in the first two weeks, the numbers are like sky high. I mean, Russell Wilson's playing at an incredible level. And then Prescott kind of got it going last week. After the early struggles, he started to find the groove in the second half. But I'd still side to the offense in terms of a group that can withstand the flurry and, and still bring it every week, I think. All right, I got a weird question for you going into the week three of the season. When Dan Quinn and the coaches put together your practice squad, do you have the type of bodies with experience on that practice squad that maybe can come in and fill the void? If you do have multiple injuries at one position, even to contribute depth-wise? Yeah, I think they can, uh, especially as it relates to linebacker. Uh, I think they feel like they kept a couple guys there that are really important to them. I think the other end where they probably help themselves more than anything else is uh, they kept the slot receiver guy. You know, if Jones goes down and they've got to make a one-week exception, they probably feel like they can push a guy from that squad up. The offensive line, they've moved some guys through transactions. They brought John Wetzel back. I, I mean, if, if let's say they have an offensive lineman go down, they're probably okay there. The area that concerns me the most is probably the secondary. They they get a big injury in the secondary again, like Ricardo Allen, who you know left the game a couple. That that could be something that could handcuff them long term. They've got a lot invested in AJ Terrell. They've obviously elected to go with Isaiah Oliver at the other corner, but Keanu Neal and you guys know this. Keanu Neal's only played four games in the last two years prior to this season. That was really really difficult for them to take, and so they need to stay healthy. There's no question about that. Wes Durham, our guest, the voice of the Atlanta Falcons as the Bears get ready to go down to Georgia. Uh, this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. You mentioned Keanu Neal. He's a guy who just throws that body around with reckless abandon, and I will not forget the 2017 opener when he whacked Tariq Cohen. I think Tariq remembers it, too. Is he, does he still play that way? Yeah, he does, and, and that's with, uh, you know, uh, two years ago going through an injury on opening night, right? Uh, and then comes back, and last year they lose him in Indianapolis to an Achilles injury. But, yeah, he still brings it. And the amazing thing is a couple of years ago they signed this kid, Demonte KZ, from San Diego State, where they can move uh, Neil to the nickel. They bring KZ into play. And, you know, most teams now are, are what, they're 3-3-5 now for the most part. And Atlanta gets into that nickel almost on every down. And with KZ on the field, He's as physical as Neil is. Uh, the funny thing about him is he's 25 pounds lighter. But uh, they they get pretty physical in the middle of the field, just like DQ's teams did in Seattle, and I think that's one of their calling cards for sure. Hey, Wes, when you look at the centerpieces of your offense and defensive line, Alex Mack at center, Grady Jarrett on the defensive line, six foot, 302 pounds, the guy's explosive, man. I've always liked him as a player, but I've also liked Alex Mack. There are two roles on this team. When you look at them 0-2, are they the guys that can come in and, and be the leadership type of personalities you need? Yeah, I think so. I think especially in the case of Jarrett, Tom. I, I think that when I look at Grady Jarrett, I, I see the prototypical, you know, one technique in the NFL now, right? He's a guy who's going to be point of attack. 
He's slick. He's a little Aaron Donaldish, if you will, right. in terms of size and space. Uh, I'm excited about his future. I thought he got a well-deserved contract. He's a local kid, so everybody here rallies to all of that. He played at Clemson. Uh, so all those things have built him to to succeed here. And he's been a pleasure to work with uh, from our standpoint, but also within the franchise. He's a lot. He's a big community guy, which is huge. But in times like this, I think Grady Jarrett's voice counts. I think it counts a lot in that room. Um, I think the other guy whose voice, Alex Mack, you mentioned, I think Matt Ryan is also that guy. Matt Ryan, every quarterback's the face of a team. But Matt Ryan has, because of the experience he's had here and the years and the investment he's put in this community, he's as much the heartbeat of the team as anybody else is now, too. And it's interesting. He's he's aged beautifully, as I tell him. He hates when I say it. But he's <laughs> aged beautifully because of all the things he's been through. And it's almost like he understands maybe his cause is to get this thing back. And uh, I've always been impressed with the way he just handles all of it, from locker room to game to media to all that. But I think he and Jared are really kind of the, the heartbeat of the team in many ways on both sides of the ball. Mac's important, don't get me wrong. But Alex Mack is a quiet guy. He's not a he's not a verbal guy. Um, good interview, not a great interview. You know what I mean? He's he's just that guy that's steady and shows up every day to snap it. Really, what what do you got with him? My three point three yards to carry now. Is it what what's the product here? Because we've seen what he's capable of at this level. Well, and that's the thing. We all came in thinking, okay, you're getting him on a one-year deal that L.A. is responsible for about 60% of, and you kind of start figuring up games, and you think, okay, well, let's see, he's played, he's touched the ball 37 times, combination of run and pass in two ball games. So you divide it up, and that's a pitch count of about 18 touches a game. Dirk Cutter threw out 20 to 25 in the preseason, and I just never felt like that was realistic, to be honest. I think it is what it is at this point. Um, you know, and that's not a cop-out answer. I, I think you've got to invest in Gurley and let him be your guy. you really got to have him in the red zone. I thought last week one of the times when I was talking about them kicking field goals and not scoring touchdowns, guys, they didn't have Gurley in the game. They were going Edo Smith on short yardage. And I think you got to go with a, a muscle back, if you will. And Gurley's that. And, and Tom, I'll say this, Jeff. He, when he's really good, you'll know it early. He was good early against Seattle he was decent against Dallas, but it, it tailed off pretty quick for him. And I don't know if that's just going to be kind of the up and down we're going to get through the year or not. I'm, I'm interested to see against your front and your front seven in particular how Sunday goes for him. Wes Durham, our guest, voice of the Atlanta Falcons. So Calvin Ridley all of a sudden is uh, blowing it up in everybody's mind. But you're on the inside, so you've seen the development yourself. But yeah. as a route runner, few are better, aren't they? Yeah, he's he's really he came here. I don't want to say he was a finished product because the ACC guy and me want don't want to give Alabama that much credit, right? But look at all the guys from Alabama that have gone to the league in the last handful of years, and we can take Jones, who obviously came here a decade ago. But now you look at Cooper, Ruggs, Ridley. Think of all the guys they've just put in the league. Calvin came here incredibly polished, and uh, I think it'll be fun Sunday with Riley on the other team, to be honest. I, I just think that's a neat story for those kids, and he's come here and been fantastic, and he's become very quickly a guy who has a voice. He, he has a voice and is a, a really good leader. Uh, Harry Douglas does some stuff in our pre- and post-games. Uh, and still talks to a lot of those guys. And, and he made the comment a couple of weeks ago that, that Calvin Ridley has, has quietly become one of the leaders 
uh, with a young team. And, and some of these younger guys are leaning on him to say, hey, what do we need to do next? And we're talking about a guy in his third year. We all mourn the loss of uh, one of the greats of the game, uh, Gail Sayers. You and I yeah. both had the opportunity to call Devin Hester's kickoff returns, and you've called some other great offensive players. Uh, but wouldn't you have loved to have just one crack at it? He'd be a challenge to uh, capture him, wouldn't it? I told this story the other day. I met him in 1974 hmm. when I was eight years old at the Final Four in Greensboro because Kansas was in the Final Four with NC State, UCLA, and Marquette. And my dad was a huge Gale Sayers guy. My dad loved Gale Sayers. And my dad, who was doing the PA at the Final Four, now there's another story, Joniak, for another dinner. Uh, (laughs) My dad was doing the PA, and he came and got me in the seats at the Final Four between games on that Saturday afternoon. Kansas played Marquette in the afternoon. They lost. UCLA played NC State that afternoon. He came and got me and said, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he took me to meet Gale Sayers. My dad was just very few times in his life that I ever seen my dad not be able to generate conversation, but around Gale Sayers, he couldn't do it because of my dad had done Brian Piccolo's games in college at Wake Forest. Not many people know my dad did Wake Forest Mm -hmm. long before he did North Carolina, and he had done Brian Piccolo's college games. And he knew from Brian's widow, Joy, how much Gale Sayers had meant to Brian. And so when my dad went to meet Gale Sayers, he was, he was speechless and to me, I was meeting. I was meeting the trading card. I was meeting that 3D graphic you got in the cereal box. I was like, "Holy cow, that's the guy who you know made me want to watch football." When I, I, was I have kid. those cards too. To this day, I always it's remember crazy, my Gale Sayers cards. And I don't know how anybody in their right mind could ever say anybody ran better, Big Tom. Oh no, no, he he yeah. set a standard and a great story. I heard this week, and I know you've heard a hundred of them. Was I heard somebody talk about him at the Hall of Fame? And when he would go to – Chris Berman said this the other night. When Gail Sayers would go to the Hall of Fame, everybody in the Hall of Fame went to Gail Sayers. The two guys they would go around, all those guys in gold coats who were great players, would go find Gail Sayers and Jim Brown and say thank you. I believe it. And they should have. It was at and the Hall of Fame have. that I was – from Mike Singletary's induction, I ran into Gail, and it's the rare time I've asked somebody to sign something. And as Tom knows, there's no better penmanship – Ever in sports by any player, coach, or executive that has put his pen to an item, Gale takes his time. He took his time sending a perfect autograph. Right, Tommy? That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, he's most perfect uh, penmanship for a Hall of Famer because he's he's signed thousands of autographs, you know. I mean, so – He's, he's, he's an incredible guy. You know what, too, is about his, his post-career success. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a little bit understated because he transitioned from a short career into being, you know, a well-known businessman here in the Chicago business market. Yeah. Well, my dad passed away from a neurocognitive situation, uh, and I know Gail did, too. And it's a, it's a, it's a hard goodbye in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so – uh, my prayers and thoughts are with his family and friends, and certainly we've got a lot of close friends in the Chicago area who uh, who my family's known for years, and I, I know what he meant to that community, and I know what he meant to the NFL, and uh, it, it's sad. It is sad that, uh, that it ends like that, but, uh, man, what a player. What a talent. What's your uh, quick 30 seconds on what you think you'll see from the Chicago Bears on Sunday? 
Well, I think it's a really good team. I, I like what they've done. Uh, man, I'm a huge Roquan Smith guy. And Khalil Mack yeah. still being there just delivers a presence that, you know, we saw in the NFC South with somebody like Keekley for a long time. You know when Khalil Mack's on the field, there's there's something there every snap. So I like the front from what I've seen. I think it gets the job done, but it's the linebackers that make the money, and that's the way it should be in Chicago. Uh, and then, you know, I, knowing Mitchell a little bit from his days at Chapel Hill, um, I think he wants to let Cohen and Montgomery run the game. And you got some talented guys at wide receiver. Uh, I'm expecting this thing to be pretty close. And by the way, Jimmy Graham has done nothing but kill Atlanta in his career. So I can't tell you I'm excited to see him walk through the tunnel at Mercedes-Benz on Sunday for sure. <laughs> Good nugget to know. Can you, can you leave him at O'Hare before the charter leaves, by the way? That's West Durham voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking out some time, my friend. Anytime, guys. Great to be with you. Have a good year, okay? Have a good call. You too. Thank you. That is West Durham, voice of the Atlanta Falcons. More with Tom after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer back with you on Bears All Access. Good to have you along. Coming up, we'll be talking to Chuck Pagano, the Bears defensive coordinator, about what has always been a very successful campaign that the Chicago Bears have uh, reunited with the National Football League and the real Bears fans wear pink shirts that are available for purchase. We'll talk about his battle with cancer over the years and his recovery and what it all means in the big picture. Uh, Tom, let's talk about Cole Komet. We know that he's not getting a ton of snaps right now. Finding that patience. Right. Well, that's it. You, you used the word, took the word right out of my mouth. It's about finding patience. Making, you know, very few got, very few times do as a draft choice and that high up have a chance and the luxury of development and development with mentors in front of them that can do the types of things that he's going to need to do throughout his career. The more he gets on the field, the more I want to target Cole Komet. I want to get him actively involved in the passing game early. So now every coordinator along the way has to have Cole Komet concern. And if you do get him one in a nice time pass early enough on the run, you're going to see yards after the catch. It was a topic broached in his Zoom call with reporters on Friday. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of patience. You know, um, you know, going from, you know, being the guy to now, you know, kind of being in the learning position right now with, you know, obviously two vets ahead of me in terms of Demetrius and Jimmy is uh, something that, you know, I got to learn to be patient with and, you know, something that I'm fully embracing right now. So, um, yeah, it definitely takes a lot of patience. And, you know, just uh, I got to use it to my advantage, though, you know, during the week, just being able to learn from these guys is just uh, it's just invaluable. So, uh, you know, just kind of making the most of it right now and, you know, continue to improve each day and, you know, staying patient during this whole process. You know, I can I definitely can see what can happen. And, you know, I'm just sticking to my process in terms of coming out to practice every day and, sh- and showing improvement every day and, and going week to week and, you know, kind of just game by game and, and, and that and whatnot. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely can see that happening. I just, it, like, like I said earlier, just a lot about patience at this point, you know. Um, you know, I'm a young player in this league. You know, I'm only 21. I'll be 21 for this whole whole season. So I got a lot of uh, – got a lot to learn still. I got a lot of ball to play and, um, you know, a lot to learn throughout, throughout that process. Against the Falcons, do you anticipate at all in terms of position groups, do you anticipate more of this two and three tight ends against them? Because while they – Falcons have speed and athleticism, the Bears have size, and they could use that to their advantage in owning that clock tomorrow. 
okay, the size of your advantage, Jeff, you have to use it by the interior de- offensive line. Because when you talk about Gr- Grady Jarrett, six foot three oh five, Tyler Davison, six two three oh nine, that offensive line has to get those guys blocked first, or whatever's on the exterior is not going to matter. Now let's bring in the tight ends. If they have solid blocking on the inside, the tight ends offer them the opportunity to run the entire width of the field in the running game. They can block to the outside. They can get on the move. They can trap. They can run screens. They can really have a lot of develop, a lot of opportunities they create for the offense. You know, one thing about Cole Komet, if I'm a developing offensive guard, every time I break the huddle, I'm going to the right guard. I'm getting a three-point stance or a two-point stance. That's what I'm doing every single play. Cole Komet, he could be in there five plays and be in five different positions every play. That's why there's so much on his plate. So he needs time to develop. It's not just the routine of a right guard. It's a routine of an H-back, a fullback, a tight end, a wide receiver. You got a block. You got a trap. You know, there's a lot of details what ultimately where, where Cole's going to be at. You got a wham? Who doesn't love a wham? You gotta, listen, I love the wham. If you're and you don't want a wham, I don't need you. <laughs> i tell you what the Bears need is is more great play from the secondary against the Falcons with Calvin Ridley, the unknown of Julio Jones. They, they've got an outstanding tight end in Hayden Hurst and a guy that may draw the attention of Deshaun Gibson, the veteran safety, featured tomorrow morning at 10.30 on Fox on Bears Game Day Live with Lou Canellis, myself, and Tom Thayer. Wonderful sit-down with him as I ticked down all the great plays he's made in his career as a ball hawk. Well, you pick six, Jay Cutler, the ex-Bears quarterback. You pick six, Drew Brees. You are the guy who intercepted Deshaun Watson for the first time in his NFL career. You've intercepted Ben Roethlisberger. If I'm not mistaken, you intercepted Pat Mahomes. Uh, you got a lot of pelts on the wall with future right. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Absolutely. I take pride in that, man. I got a couple of them hanging in my son room. You know, the good ones, the the the, the, the Patrick Mahomes and, 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 you know, the Drew Brees. Those was those was got to go in my personal stash, you know. But a couple of them, I let them hang on the wall, man, uh, in, in his room. He think it's the coolest thing ever, man, to be like, man, Ben, ben Roethlisberger actually threw this ball. It's like, yeah, man, that's the real football. So being able to do that, man, is pretty cool, man. I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to play long enough where I've – Got my hands on a couple of um, some interesting, some some you know Hall of Fame level quarterback uh, interceptions, man, and those type of things. That those are memories that live with you forever and forever and ever, you know. And my kids, as they get older, they start understanding the importance of it, man. And it's just a cool feeling for sure. Yeah, throw Matt Ryan in there too. You pick six, Tim. So absolutely, this secondary you're in is star studded. I, I put you in that category too. You're a Pro Bowler. You have that on your resume with the Cleveland Browns. You had a great year back in 14, six picks a part of a really impressive secondary there, too. How does that one, with some big names, compare to this one? With an all-pro in Eddie Jackson, you've got a rookie that's coming on strong at corner in Jalen Johnson and a two-time pro bowler in Kyle Fuller. That's a decorated secondary. Do you have a, a bit of a comparison? And, and maybe it's a part of you being a younger player then and now a veteran player now. You've seen a lot. Yeah, I think that this secondary here, man, we have the perfect combination of, you know, youth as well as, you know, a veteran leadership and, and, and presence. And I think that those things balance out so well. Obviously, you know, the talent itself, you know, playing with a guy like Eddie Jackson, um, you know, the things that he can do on the field, not many guys can do. Kyle Fuller himself, you know, Buster in the slot is, you know, one of the best slots in the game. And, you know, Jalen, the way he came on, no reason to not believe that he's trending upwards in, in, in a hurry. So you look at that, man, I plug myself in there, man. It's just you look around and you can't help but be comfortable around here. And, and 
and, and I think that the communication and just the vibe and the atmosphere, uh, you know, on the back end. I've played in some really good secondaries uh, in my career, but this right here, I think from just like a paper standpoint as well as a talent standpoint, you know, a lot of things can look good on paper, but when you turn on the tape and, you know, all these players actually what they're perceived to be on paper, and I think that this secondary, bar none, is probably one of the best, if not the best secondary um, that I've been a part of. Obviously, the year got to play out, but I'm so excited about being a part of this secondary, being a part of this team, being a part of this defense in itself. So um, I think that we're just going to continue to get get better and continue to grow, man. In this secondary, I think the sky's the limit. No reason why we shouldn't be where we want to be accomplishing our goals, man, is being a top secondary in this National Football League. It really is something that this guy has picked six, some of these quarterbacks from Drew Brees. He's intercepted Ben Roethlisberger, as we heard in this. But he's also done so with Matt Ryan, Tom, last year, 90-plus yard return as a Houston Texan. Is that in the head of a Matt Ryan? Is it in the head of the ball hawking Gibson? Well, you know, if you can play on the lead and then you can be a lot more aggressive defensively up front and that results in the interceptions on the backside. So it is going to be a key ingredient here that the offense has to have some point success in Atlanta so they can have this offense chasing the dream, trying to take advantage downfield. And then Eddie Jackson or Gibson, they're in the perfect area. You get that tip ball. You get good coverage by the corners and buster screen. And that's what he's going to take advantage of it. So he should go in there expecting to get an interception. Look as you got in front of you. you that, that group of guys that are rushing Matt Ryan, listen, it, it's, a different, it's a different monster you're dealing with with Robert Quinn on the edge than the unknown that they face in Detroit against Matthew Stafford, who is equally as decorated as Matt Ryan. Yeah, it, yeah and you get that pressure, it could mean good things. If you don't, it could mean bad things because he will pick you apart. Matt Ryan has done it many, many times, right? All right, coming up next, we'll hear from Chuck Pagano, the Bears defensive coordinator, as we bring you Bears All Access. The day before, the Bears meet the Falcons down in Georgia. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano. Welcome back to Bears All Access. I get you on the coaches show, and now you're double dipping. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Grateful to be here. Good to be here as well. Um, Let's talk about the NFL's crucial Catch campaign, the unveiling of the Bears 2020 version of the Real Bears Fans Wear Pink T-shirts is coming out in partnership with Advocate Healthcare, the official healthcare partner of the Chicago Bears. And uh, your name to this campaign is attached to it uh, under the uh, the big bold letters of it takes all of us. Chuck, tell us about it. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, going through my my circumstances back in 212, unfortunately coming out on the, uh, the right side of it, we know that uh, not everybody uh, does make it through. We had a saying back then, NFA, nobody fights along, so it does take all of us. And I just feel, you know, very humble and grateful that I can be a part of this and um, I'm around to help and encourage others any way I can. You know, there are layers to your journey in this, and now it's been, what, seven years? Uh, So you have uh, met a whole new group of people in your life, not only those who cared for you, but those you met afterwards and continue to meet because of your own foundation and your own fundraising efforts with Chuck Strong. Uh, how's it changed you? Oh, it's, uh, it's been amazing. Um, and uh, just, uh, again, to um, just my perspective uh, has always been really good, but it's really great now uh, about life. Um, you know, we have tough jobs, players, coaches, 
your job, any, anything to deal with the NFL is really hard, but life is, is, is much harder. You know, there's real life stuff going on and we're lucky to get to play a kid's uh, game and coach a kid's game. So um, building those relationships uh, with not only the doctors, the nurses, the caregivers, the, you know, first responders, all, all those people that just are so selfless in what they do uh, for, for these people fighting these battles, but then having the opportunity to, to meet so many people and, and get a group together and, and be able to raise, uh, you know, awareness and, and raise money for research. Cause that's what it's all about is, is they got to have, they've got to have the money. They got to have the dollars to be able to, to, to do their jobs, these scientists and these researchers to come up with cures for all blood cancers. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, I'll be until they put me, you know, Jeff in my last suit, I'm going to, you know, I don't know how much, how much coaching, how long I'll do it, but, I know uh, until the day you know I'm done, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing that. Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano here on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, top there. Uh, Chuck Strong, you launched it in 2013. If my math's right, north of seven and a half million dollars raised, and it, it it primarily goes to Indiana University Melvin and Brent Simon uh, Cancer Center. Am I correct? And does that what does that number reflect, and what does that number mean to Chuck Pagano? Yeah, it's crazy. And it seems like uh, yesterday, and you mentioned how many years it's been, you know, and how many years removed uh, we are and, and you're in remission. And then um, what we've been able to generate from a from a financial standpoint, what we've been able to give, you know, the the IU Simon Cancer Center there um, and every penny, every penny goes to research. Again, I can't emphasize that enough. And 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 there's like pediatric cancer. We're, we're way behind. But a lot of those dollars go to pediatric cancer and pediatric, uh, you know, uh, research and, and things like that. So, um, you know, and there's been so many generous people, those people in Indiana and Indianapolis and that community there, you know, I'll be forever connected with those people because of this uh, and going through the circumstances. But, you know, like Mr. Ursay, you know, two years ago, this year, unfortunately, because of COVID, we had to cancel the eighth annual, you know, Chuck Strong Gala. Uh, we'll pick it up hopefully in 2021, uh, Lord willing. But uh, he steps up and gives a million dollars. So when a, when a guy like that steps up in one evening and gives a million and then you raise another, you know, million on the side and you can, you can come up with, you know, raise $2 million, it's easy to get to that number that you mentioned. But it's, it's just selfless, generous people. Uh, Mr. Gary Edwards down there, and he'd, he'd kill me for mentioning his name because he never wants to be mentioned. But um, entrepreneur down there who's just and there and there's tons and tons of people that have given so much but just amazing um, just how good people are and how generous they are and they understand that in order to uh, to win this battle and keep fighting this battle and keep getting ahead of it uh, you know there's got to be there's got to be money there for for research the real bears fans wear pink shirts are going to be available for purchase online at chicagobears.com backslash pink for 30 bucks can be shipped or picked up at bears fit in vernon hills and the proceeds benefit bears care and help fund local programs which provide care assistance and support services to breast cancer patients and their families including helping facilitate timely access to critical breast health services for low-income women women 13th year of the campaign, March Ham from Bears Care, the director of Bears Care. Uh, really the greater importance right now during the p- pandemic because uh, the cancer diagnosis and the the disease itself does not stop. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it. And that, uh, you know, uh, what Marge has done and what this community has done and what everybody continues to do, 
again, like you said, especially during, uh, you know, these circumstances, uh, never more important. So, um, again, I'm just, I, I'm thrilled to, uh, to be a part of it. And, and we did something a year ago here, tackle cancer deal and, and all these, all these kind of things. I just think we can't do a We can't do enough, um, you know, to raise awareness and, and, uh, there's a lot going on right now in our world. And, uh, we're, we're talking about a lot of different things and they're all, they're all great, but, um, this is, this is important, uh, as well. And, and, uh, shoot, if we can, we can save, you know, one life, you know, and one family doesn't have to say goodbye to a loved one, you know, before it's time for, you know, especially a young one, then, then damn, it's, it's well worth every, every, every second we put, you know, in time and energy that we have towards it. And Chuck, I can only speak for the men uh, listening to this because sometimes we're hard headed and, you know, we don't, we don't go to the doctor maybe when we need to. Screening's the first step, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and like you said, we all, uh, are, are resilient. We never think it's going to be us. You know, I, you know, even back when I was going through and having, you know, the, the symptoms that I had, you know, during the season and you're going to put it off, put it off, put it off, but you, you can't do that. And, like you said, that's that's the most important thing is is make sure that you you get screened and you get checked and you go to the doctor and you get a physical. And if you're not feeling well, you know you don't have to play the tough guy BS. You know, go go to the damn doctor and get checked out. And if you you know yourself checking whatever and you feel a lump, you feel this, you feel that. Take the time. None of us think we have time. You know, but again, the biggest myth in life is that we have all the time that we don't. We have today. You know, so. Uh, that that's huge and that's very very important well many people uh, remain inspired by your story chuck uh, keep the fight up and uh, i know uh it was probably super moving i can't even be in your shoes to know but when the colts left the light on in your office for three months before you came back and you were able to turn the light off you kind of closed the chapter uh that was at least first part of the book anyway and you moved on and uh, have done great things uh to help others so congratulations to you and keep it going my man yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. And good luck this weekend in Atlanta. They're fast. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to be at our best. All right, Chuck Pagano, Bears defensive coordinator. The Bears and Bears Care officially recognized National Breast Cancer Awareness Month October 8th for the Bucks, and that's the Crucial Catch game. Chuck Pagano, our guest, will return with Tom Thayer after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Tide Cleaners is now offering new Tide Complete Care. This exclusive cleaning formula can only be found at Tide Cleaners. Visit TideCleaners.com to learn more today. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, good to have you alongside here on Bears All Access, our final segment. We'll be bringing the game to you from the studios of WBBM tomorrow morning, starting at 9 a.m. with Ron, Jim, and Jay, the kickoff at noon on WBBM. Uh, we're not going to be able to travel. Are you ready for this? This is a new adventure for you and I. We've never done it before. We're going to we're going to kill it, though, tomorrow, aren't we? You know, the first year of the USFL, George Allen used to say every single team meeting, this is a season of firsts. And this is the season of firsts for us, whether it's going to Detroit with no fans, seeing what it's like in Soldier Field with little to no support, and now doing it from a monitor. This is a season of firsts for us. And uh, although we've been around for a couple of decades, we're, we, hey, this is a new experience for us. Yeah, we are, we are going to have the All-22, which we can see the entire field coming in. Uh, so that'll help you as an analyst for sure. You know, try to break it down as best we can. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, it's it's football. We're calling it, so we'll be happy to do it. All right. And so will Mitch Trubisky be happy about getting out there. He, he's got confidence right now. Yes, 
it's got to get evened out in terms of the success and failures of each quarter or a half. And this week he was asked how improved the running game is and how it's specifically helping him as a quarterback. Yeah, I think sometimes you notice that sometimes the windows are just bigger or when you drop back the pass and you see a bunch of defenders get deep really quickly and they're not respecting the underneath routes. So I think it either makes them bail out and more of the underneath stuff is more open or if it's a different type of drop back, then the windows are a little bigger and they're they're having to cover more of the field um, just because maybe they're in a little bit more of a panic because they respect the run game or they lose track of their assignment for whatever reason. Um, it's just nice to keep the defense off balance. And I think when you have a steady run game um, and the way that our O-line is doing a great job controlling the line of scrimmage, it just um, it gives more stability to this offense, I feel like. Play action is what we're talking about here, and there are many benefits to it. You know better than anybody. You guys did it a lot with Walter Payton. Well, the benefits to it, it's the easiest block for offensive linemen to make, but they're also the biggest salesman of play action. They have to run a play on the line of scrimmage exactly like the run play would look. And they have to exaggerate with their helmets staying low to the ground so the linebackers don't see it until too late. And that's what Mitch is referring to. After he does a play fake and he turns around and he looks at the linebackers being sucked up to the line of scrimmage, the safety's confused and the cornerback's thinking that they're coming up to support the run, and then bam, he's got to fire and take advantage of it. And then, like he says, you see the window's a little bit bigger, But, again, it's a nice combo of what Mitch sees provided by the offensive line. Do teams adjust to play action, and then can you make them pay for it? Oh, you can make them pay for it. You just can't become frustrated if you have a couple of runs that maybe go for one or two yards because the defense is going to hold up to their end of the bargain. You're going to get those explosive runs like we saw in the fourth quarter last week as just the abuse of the game takes a toll on that the front seven of Atlanta Falcons. However – If you get these guys trying to react to a Cordero Patterson or to David Montgomery or what Tariq can offer you, if they try to overreact, that's when the windows are going to get even wider for Trubisky. In terms of that as well, it's benefited him. His scrambles, believe it or not, the the stats are this. He's number one in the NFL on yard per carry on scrambles. He's only had three. It's a small sample size. But when you think about all the great mobile quarterbacks out there and you think of Baltimore right away and you think of Lamar Jackson, you think of Russell Wilson in Seattle, you think of certainly now uh, the kid Kyler Murray in Arizona, uh, if that can build, if he can keep getting, it's 12.7 yards on three scrambles on average. If that can continue this year, What will that do for the entire offensive success? Well, it's just going to change the defensive configuration of all defensive coordinators. They're going to have to dedicate a spy onto Mitchell Trubisky. So that's one less guy you got to block. That's one less guy that's deep in coverage because you're concerned about Mitch's legs. However, if I was going to keep that stat in all the world of analytics, tell me what happened after the scramble. Did they just go three and out? Did that result in a touchdown? Did that give me a field goal? Did that run out the clock so the opponent didn't get back on the field? That's what I need to see, and I think that will tell you the value of your scramble ability. We need Doug Coletti on the case for that one. I'm sure it'll be on the broadcast tomorrow. Your your wheels are already turning. I got you there. You know, uh, we, we've heard often that, and and teams are playing a, a lot of man coverage in the league right now, and they are getting burned. It's If you don't have the pass rush, you're not going to have the, the, the time uh, involved to continue to plaster coverage and make plays. So what will the Falcons deploy against Mitchell Trubisky as he evaluates his own play against zone and against man. 
all great players. I think if you work on your weaknesses and try to make them your strengths, I think that's that's a, uh, an attribute that all players try to do. you got to look at your weaknesses honestly and assess those and be like, we want to get better at that. So um, we look at it as a challenge. If if we're better against man and not as good against zone, yeah, sure, bring it on. We'll, we'll, we'll attack it. But the, it all comes down to, to timing, ball accuracy, and then receivers, tight ends, running backs being in the right place at the right time and everybody recognizing it and being on the same page. So that's going to come down to film study and then just execution throughout the week. But I definitely think with the group we have, we're, we're up for that challenge and, and we're looking forward to, to teams possibly doing more of that to us. What are you envisioning tomorrow? From the Falcons secondary. I think they're going to try to keep Mitchell Trubisky guessing because they just don't want to become one-dimensional because now you're talking about matchup nightmares for the Atlanta Falcons. If they're going to stay exclusively man cover of Mitchell Trubisky, then I put the speed and the creativity of Darnell Mooney out there. I put the size of Jimmy Graham out there. I put the speed ability to run route of Anthony Miller out there. I always have Allen Robinson. But when you're talking about guys trying to match, who's going to match up against Jimmy Graham 9 to 12 yards down the field? I don't think a lot of guys. The secondary move of Darnell Mooney, I don't know if these defensive backs know him well enough to predict how he's going to run routes. So I think, look, if you give the Bears a steady diet, a one-dimensional on defense, you're asking for it because you have a stable of running backs and you have a whole different caliber of wide receivers. You know, and I listen, I don't want to leave out Javon Wims and these guys, but when you're talking about specifics and how you attack coverage, the Bears have an arsenal that they can do a lot of different things. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. Jeff Joniak wrapping things up here, Tom, before we, we depart. Yes, it's a fast track down there, and the Falcons are athletic and fast, and we know they got speed at all three phases of the defense and certainly on the offensive side of the ball as well. But the Bears have improved speed, too, it's not where they'd like it yet, certainly on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense is fast in places, and it's definitely fast on special teams where our guy Cordero Patterson, on that surface, if they kick it to him, I'm very excited about the possibilities. <laughs> but, you know, it is. I, I think it puts a lot of fear into the def- or the special teams coordinator when they know a guy like Cordero is, is coming into town because he's unpredictable. To me, I'd like to see Tariq get a punt return opportunity. He has a chance to be equally as explosive as what Cordero can do at the kickoff return game. So, yeah, it's a fast track. It's an indoor facility. The flight of the ball is going to be perfect, and turn it up. All right, Tom, that's going to wrap us up. Be looking forward to tomorrow's game again. Check us out, 9 a.m. pregame, noon kickoff on WBBM. That's going to do it this week for Bears All Access. Thank you to all involved, including Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli, and the, and the guys at the score. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Again, thank you, IGS Energy, and your sponsorship of Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.